Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Friday, July 8th, uh, first-time caller, Frogman Friday. So if you're a first-time caller, uh, we'd love for you to call in and tell us what's on your mind. Lincoln, Lancaster County, statewide, national, international. Uh, we really don't care. We we take all callers. Uh, we take all topics. I am Jack Riggins, host of Drive Time Lincoln, and Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. Uh, I've been a mess pre-show trying to do calculations on my phone uh calculator calculations you don't realize how much you uh uh lose year after year in basic math until you've got to like try to crunch numbers really quick and speaking of calculations it is day 82 of your mayor exploratory day 82 of the mayor exploratory committee Uh, a lot of people that are part of that a lot of people that are interested in conservative politics will be out at carney at the n-e-g-o-p republican party grand old party if you didn't know that convention in carney uh tomorrow uh that is a big um decision not decision point uh inflection point of gathering information of for any potential mayor whether it be me somebody else, even Democrats and Republicans. Uh, because as you know, this week we've covered a little bit. Uh, the uh, Republican Party needs to uh, get their house in order, get behind conservative candidates, um, not just obviously gubernatorial candidate Jim Pillen, who I think will have support statewide, but uh, all the down-ballot stuff. I mean, conservatives have a pretty good hold uh, in Nebraska, but, you know, Things can change, and I see no reason, as Senator Deb Fisher was on yesterday, always enjoy talking with her. She um, She's just a down-to-earth person, uh, re- you know, in my opinion, represents the state well, articulates the issues um, that she's involved in in our nation's capital and for Nebraskans well. Um, and I appreciate that from somebody that is a politician, so to speak. Um, when I talk with her, I actually, it's, I, I'm not trying to give favor. I'm just saying that there are politicians you talk to and you know you're talking to a politician and they've lost any sense of, um, <laughs> humility, empathy, humanity, all the above. And I, I just, I don't like that. I don't like that in people. I don't like that in elected, uh, officials who represent people. And she never comes across that way to me. I'm sure there's times as, you know, that she's been in work that she probably maybe has to some people. But uh, I appreciate the straightforwardness and the dedication to conservative values and America from Senator Fisher. So we continue to wish her luck, and she's always welcome on this show. Oh, interesting. I wonder if this is Kevin Navichil, uh from Twitter, because I was going to comment about that as... I had to do some um, – I'm going to let him talk here in a second. Hold on, Johnny. But I w- I've already written down because I had to do some research on liberal international order, which may – and I'm going to say this before we get on – may be what he was referring to post-World War II. And what I took on my tweet for Twitter Tuesday as liberal world order – literally, I took it as modern liberal left politics world order 
by Biden advisor Brian D.C. And so anyway, given that there's different observations of those terms and his question um, to me about what problem do I have, I think he might have been asking about liberal international order. And I'd have to say I don't necessarily disagree with post-World War II liberal international order. Um, so it's semantics. But if this is that, Kevin, I'm really excited to take the call. Kevin, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, Jack, great to uh, talk to you, and thank you so much for your service. It's been a long time. Oh, you bet. So this is Kevin. Kevin N., I'm going to say. If you want to give your last name, go ahead. Uh, It's all over Twitter. So here's the deal, man. I I hope you're – I see from my producer you may want to talk about this, so I'll give you the airwaves. But uh, I had to go back and and look at some terminology in past history. And knowing that you actually teach and study this, you've probably got a better handle on it than me. But uh, thoughts from you? Yeah, no, you – it is a little confusing the way that uh, liberal gets used domestically in the United States and then how we use it with international relations. And so you pretty much nailed it when you were talking about, you know, South Korea, Japan, and kind of the post-World War II order. The liberal uh, world order is more referring to that international system of, of like the past 75 years of kind of political and economic freedom, rule of law, political freedom, and, yeah. and um, open markets. So that's, that, that's, you know, that's basically the distinction. And so, and that was what you were questioning on Twitter would be my guess. It didn't, yeah, it didn't seem something that you would be opposed to. No. Um, And you're, and I'm glad you qualified because it took me a few days to research after the fact, uh, because, you know, I'm in this knife fight, if if you will, of trying to present different issues. And, uh, and so I was like, well, he's probably referring since you mentioned world war two, what I would have immediately, if I would have saw what I call Leo or Lio, liberal international order, it probably wouldn't even have registered on my head. And that is exactly what you just described. And that is exactly right that I have no issue with that. Clearly, that has been a good world system led by the United States, as you pointed out, since World War II. And I would hope that most free-loving people aspire for that all over the globe. Um, so. Totally agreed there. And then I started going, this is a funny thing with terminology, as terms sometimes change. And for me, seeing again Twitter, where people can get confused, he probably was referring to liberal world order, meaning liberal international order. I would hope that's what he was referring to. But in today's kind of politics, I took the liberal as to be extreme left slash kind of things I don't agree with in the administration at this moment. And then, of course, the hot button is, uh, word of world order. And right. and so my comment was based on mashing those two together. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't want any of that type stuff, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least in no, my opinion. Yeah. Exactly. So, right. We're on the same page. So. It, do I have a little bit of... Go ahead, man. Another question? So you, 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 this is First Time Caller Friday, and you're First Time Caller, and not only that, I mean, you were showcased on Twitter Tuesday as well, so I think it's a great conversation of of wording and how people, smart people, I'm gonna, you're smart, I'm smart, can get uh, twisted up on things. Exactly. Well, you know, I've, I've followed a few of your tweets, and 
and I've listened to a few of your shows. And, um, you know, as you mentioned the other day, we, I knew you in high school a little bit, mm-hmm. years behind you. We definitely looked up to you. As I remember, I think the last time I saw you in person was at uh, Blockbuster in Lincoln. Oh, wow. Blockbuster. You were, yeah. You were uh, training to be a Navy SEAL, and you, and it, and you did it. And, um, you know, I just uh, always kind of followed a few stories of you on uh, where you donated a, a flag of yours to the mm-hmm. Nebraska football team. And, and it's been kind of cool to, to, to kind of follow you and everything that you've achieved. You've got, um, you know, a lot going on, obviously, with this radio program. So I just, I'm struggling. I don't under, quite understand for, and maybe I'm misinterpreting it. So it seems like for somebody who's had the courage to risk your life defending the Constitution, our government, and and protecting us after 9-11, that it seems, it doesn't seem consistent with some of your values as I interpret it. Well, with, give me an example. Seemingly, this is a great conversation. Well, it seems like after this kind of downplaying of January 6th, and it seems like you're kind of so in doubt about the election. And as a patriot and somebody who's taken the oath, and somebody who's, who's got a platform like you do, it just seems a little bit into some of the kind of opposed to the values that you've lived by. No, well, I mean, I think that you're right in saying that it would be easy without, you know, essentially deeper conversations as we're kind of venturing in and sound bites uh, to think that. I certainly think I'll take one at a time. You know, I do not believe as a citizen and what I did in my past that the fervor right now and even the terminology around January 6th uh, coming out of our national leaders is accurate. Um, when, you know, when immediately after it, um, when they started using the word coup and insurrection, I mean, these are things that I and many others in my background have a great deal of education on, as well as maybe some experience, at least in the planning and thinking of it as it relates to U.S. Uh, national interest. And I thought from the get-go, the fact that that word, insurrection, was played over and over and over as people were leaving the Capitol when it all settled down, that's not what an insurrection looks like. Now, is it a series of bad decisions? I have said absolutely. Um, For the people that went into the Capitol, I don't condone that. I never had. Um, Do I think that President Trump incited it as we are, you know, there's an investigation. I don't believe that. I, I see a, a, uh, a protest that got out of control, so to speak. Um, and I can't believe that it would stop the vote, right? So think about it. Yes, it might have delayed the vote of certifying the election, but it wasn't going to stop it. I mean, the U.S. government has backups upon backups. If they needed to get every elected official to safe harbor and Zoom the thing, they could have. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean I condone people going into the Capitol, right? That that was bad decision by people that wanted to do that. But do I think the trial afterwards and everything is a mix of politics and... Um, and I'm not going to say a witch hunt, but a waste of time for our elected officials. I do. That's what I believe, because to me, right, it was a protest that got out of hand. 
protests that get out of hand and then as law enforcement or, or military say, hey, please stop this, and they stop it quickly. I mean, the thing lasted about, what, five hours? Um, that's not an insurrection or a coup. And we've had a long history of, especially recently, um, forget the politics side of it, many, many uh, protests that have gone astray throughout America and the media and other people don't treat it like this. To me, this is wrapped up in all of the last two, three years of where citizens made bad choices, depending on cities, elected officials either made good or bad choices, and things got out of hand. The question is, what do we do moving forward? And I think moving forward, we should learn that this isn't the right way to make change. Um and I think the January 6th hearing is exacerbating and drawing that out and creating more division in America, if that makes sense, on that topic. Yeah, I think that helps clarify things. And I, I think, um, you know, it definitely hearing your own words versus kind of interpreting some tweets and and uh, some comments you made on the air, it, it definitely um, changes how I, I perceive your, your thoughts. It's just... You know, it, I, I, yeah, it was five hours, but, you know, there was violence. There was an attempt to stop the certification of the electoral count, you know, the Capitol being the symbolic heart of our government mm-hmm. and it never been breached since the war of 1812. And to see, you know, flags being used as spears and, you know, clubs. And, you know, it's, it definitely seems more than just a protest gone awry. And I think that, you know, the intent was to, you know, it wasn't successful of stopping the certification, um, but there, there was definitely intent there. And, and I guess, yeah, you know, and I think it was the previous tweet um, Tuesday you had or whatever, where you were kind of comparing to the BLM mm-hmm. protests. And, you know, I, I guess I can see why one would do that. It's just, Going forward, Jack, and I know that you were talking a little bit about the Republican Party kind of knife fight and internally what's going on in Nebraska and so forth. It's it, what I'm concerned about is the precedent that this sets going forward. I mean, nationally, you've seen a lot of elections where in Republican primaries now where candidates are refusing to concede. Um, you know, they're 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 claiming fraud without evidence. And and you know, I just. To, you know, for somebody who hasn't served, it's not right for me to say this. It just it seems like it seems like for everything that people like you have sacrificed for, for us to have what we had on January 6th and so much doubt about elections and peaceful transfer of power and where we could be headed next. It seems everything we built is I mean, elections are key mm-hmm. in a republic and we, we need to have peaceful transition of power. We can't have false information being spread about elections. No, and but so- but let me let me let me interrupt. First of all, I agree with you on peaceful transfer of power and elections are key to a free society. We definitely have lost some trust in elections. And this isn't a Republican or Democrat thing. I mean, we could go back to uh hanging chads. I think we were maybe just getting out of high school. I mean, right. you know, there that might that election may have been the start of everybody who loses kind of pushing buttons a little bit and 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 collectively big election after big election 
it like a pressure cooker. It got worse and worse, and both sides are guilty of that, okay? And my thing when I talk about election integrity now is there certainly is enough cracks, right? And it's incumbent upon the states within their state domain to figure out how to have secure elections, right? And that is a key cornerstone. Now, whether it be me talking about, say, 2,000 mules, whether it be me talking about what happened in Lincoln with Zuckerbucks, I mean, those are things that should be looked into by, uh, you know, by law enforcement and by officials and just make sure our elections are square. Um, can you stay on the line? Because I'd love to keep you on and keep sure. talking. All right, I got to take Absolutely. a break and we'll come back. Thanks. 1499 3KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499 3KLIN. All right, we're back uh, Friday, July 8th. Another uh, first time caller, Frogman Friday. But we are stuck on one caller, Kevin, who I went to high school with and I really appreciate it. Uh, Kevin, and thank you for the kind words. Um, and I'm also happy that you're you're having success in your life, even though we don't get to keep up. Um, but this is just the type of great conversation that I think uh, America needs a lot more of. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Jack. I I think definitely conversation is key, and and you know, listening to each other and trying to understand where, you know, people like us who probably had a lot in common growing up and uh, might have some different political perspectives, but how we can actually have a conversation on somewhat controversial topics. Well, I've said before to the, um, when I do have the politicians in here, I mean, my interpretation of our country is that change should happen slowly. It should happen, you know, generally almost by one or two votes. And so as you know, all the elected officials play out. I mean, it's designed so that there's a little bit of gridlock so it doesn't swing, you know, to one thought or the other. And that's generally held true, although I think in our adult lifetime, there's been, again, from both Republicans and Democrats as the lead two parties, sledgehammers at times taken to things, and maybe it's needed, um, but maybe not, right? And we've also made a lot of mistakes um, going back to January 6th, and, and we'll talk, we've got to take another break, but, um, you know, when I line it up and I talk about, say, like Portland and, and uh, Seattle, where they had the zone, what I'm talking about is there's been dip, very different responses, both in media and locally to those events, and maybe we can pick it up there when we come back. Sounds good. All right, my man. 1,499, 3KLI. Drive Time Lincoln. With the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Friday, July 8th, we got a long, great conversation going with Kevin, a political scientist, and he's teaching our youth. Um, one of the things I'd say is yesterday, um, like, it is definitely the LNK Today crew, 7 to 0 over the Drive Time Lincoln crew. I can't believe they wouldn't play pay, play your fight song, Johnny. Um, I'm so sad. I know you are. <laughs> um, but I did see that they were happy Top uh, song from Top Gun wasn't used anymore, and that makes me yep, sad. The streak is over with that one. But uh, Caleb Henry, I, Caleb Henry, you are right. Uh, it was Mas Musica, the Spanish version, um, and the excited... Uh, symbol in the Spanish language, not I Mas Musica on the board yesterday. Uh, so that just shows you how much of a language guru I am. Um, 
<laughs> because uh, Johnny explained it to me and I had to laugh. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that from basic Spanish. Uh, but, folks, uh, your man here is not good with other languages, although I get along with all people around the world one way or another. Uh, but I messed that up. So, anyway, let's get back to Kevin. This is a great conversation about just a lot of talks on thoughts and policy or not policies but maybe values and it started all with a tweet uh, about the liberal world order which really was should have been said as the liberal international order but maybe not kevin welcome back sorry i, I didn't catch that last part but, oh you're uh, good i was just uh, okay. i was letting the audience know the uh confusion in terms between what i know in liberal international order versus the tweet that kind of got us back together and on this call with liberal world gotcha. order. how is yeah. how is poli sci going over the years for you by the way I, i've always said even though i'm sometimes hard on teachers and educators i think it's one of the greatest jobs for societies in educating the youth um and it's so important um across the board no matter what the the teachings are i mean you have to educate your youth and the more broad they can be educated generally the better off it's going to be in the future so appreciate that well thanks yeah i i I find it very rewarding but you know i'd like to think it's it's a bit of a public service too right you're trying to help people understand the i would agree that they live in so um it's a it's definitely a rewarding position that allows you to do that yeah, I, I would agree, um, and I think that it's interesting. Uh, we talk a lot about it here sometimes that it seems it seems sometimes Americans have a misunderstanding of uh, the government we live in. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'll at least, if I have a question, I'll go look it up and, and try to dig into it. Um, do you find that teaching that, you know, you you have to spend a little more time to get everybody on a base level of what – our republic is and how it functions and then you know things like that most definitely and and that's something that's grown in the 16 years that i've been doing it full time and you know it sometimes you assume that people are going to know more about you know let's say a court case or um a recent event and they don't and so sometimes you have to spend a little extra time just kind of providing a baseline understanding of what's going on um and, and, and there's many people who don't really understand the type of political system that we have, or the political processes. So um, it's it, and, and, and of course, there's some that who do have a, a much deeper understanding. So sometimes that's a challenge to kind of, you know, keep those who, who, who know a little bit more interested and keep them engaged while you're helping some other people along. But like I said, it's also one of the most rewarding parts, uh, help people like myself who kind of came into this when I was in college with very little understanding, very little interest, quite frankly. Right. So, well, I got to yeah. be honest, I didn't have much interest in any of it. Um, I mean, through the military, you learn some of it, and um, but you're you're really a tool of, of foreign policy to a degree. And um and some of it you just block out because there's really no reason you're going to do kind of what the U.S. government wants. And and then, you know, over time, though, locally here, it kind of drew me in and, um, you know, and then the radio station been nice enough to have me on. But um, certainly in these times uh, between major media and just newspapers 
at least here, most people would say most of that is is left leaning, and so um, I generally um, would be considered a, a hard conservative. Although I don't think I am, um, but hey, it, it it is the show, and 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 I guess most of my takes come across that way. But you asked about January six. I want to make sure I answered your questions as the host of the show. And any other thoughts on that? I think you asked about the elections too, but. Tell me what yeah. what you got. So, you know, I think my concern, yeah, that, you know, you mentioned we both kind of came of age at the year 2000. And mm-hmm. I, I hear, you know, definitely there was um, challenges with Florida and election challenges. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, Al Gore definitely conceded. Yeah. He didn't agree with the decision, but, you know, it's, it's it, and that's powerful. And I, you know, I, I think one concern I have is just how, it it never seemed possible that that um, our former president Trump was going to do that. I mean, there was this tweet from um, the elections a total sham. It's a travesty. We are not a democracy. We can't let this happen. We should march on right. Washington and stop this travesty. Nation's totally divided. Let's fight like hell and stop this disgusting right. injustice. That's from 2012. Like he he said the re- election was good. He never agreed to to abide by the election results in 2016. If he lost. He thought the primaries and caucuses were rigged. I mean, this is a pattern. And, and, and that's, you know, when we compare the BML movement and, you know, the tweet that you had about mm-hmm. the violence and, you know, the number of things that were destroyed. And, you know, I get all that. Yet, you know, categorically, you know, I, I think there's a couple of differences that are important. Like one, I think, you know, if you go back to the what set off the BML movement in particular, you know, the, the murder of George Floyd, right. really, you know, was just awful and people had had enough and, you know, it's 25 million people who took to the streets at different times. And I can say this is 100% doing violence in, in destroying buildings um, is 100% not okay and not something that should have ever been done. And so I think it's important to, you know, call a spade a spade and, and, and say when things are wrong, people should be able to protest. And that's different than doing violence and, and being able to take over buildings like you were mentioning with, um, with Portland. And, and, um, but you can't know, that, you see that okay. how some, and I'm, I'm speaking more for a broad movement as I've watched it um, more on the conservative side, the frustration because those incidences have not gotten the level of scrutiny or law enforcement as, say, January 6th. And well, how that, 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 that starts to shift then the emotion about these things. Well, I'm not, sh- I'm not 100% sure what I'm answering in, in terms of how they've been, like how, what the difference is that you're referring to, because I think it's important, like the fact-finding mission with, with this commission you, you would want to know what happened and how to prevent something like this from happening again. I mean, I, think, I, I, I hear sure. the concern about it being politicized, but yet I think it's important to just like you were an analyst in the military, like you would want to have all good information. So you would be able to potentially stop something in the future. So I think that that's important. Um, I, I think in your tweet about this, it was, I mean, the people who are arrested for BML, BLM. Yeah. Um, we're, I mean, that shows that clearly law enforcement was involved and, you know, there was consequences for those who did illegal activities. So, you know, I, I'm not quite 
I guess just to be clear, like what I'm, what what you would like me to answer. Well, I guess I, I would think, say I'll, I'll go here to Lincoln, Nebraska. There was not consequences for actions. The city attorney actually said that there would be no charges because the business owners could afford the damage, and it was eleven million dollars in property damage. And I know that that has occurred that sentiment over several cities across the nation during BLM stuff. And again, that's. Locally decisions, I get that, but it also speaks to a bigger movement of many people saying, you know, it's okay to do it for this. And all I'm saying is that can shift the emotion, um, which doesn't give anybody in January 6th or anybody the right to cause violence, um, but it inflames it. And I want to go back to the Donald Trump thing, because I do think, you know, what I think it depends on how people Look, I guess, at Donald Trump, and it's something we talk about on here a lot. I believe in values over personalities um, because the world has a lot of personalities. And I by no means have ever said, you know, Donald Trump is the perfect person. He's, he's, as the president, he made a lot of mistakes, in my opinion, as a senior executive and how he presented himself. Do I share a vast majority of the values that he represents as a conservative, you know, Republican, so to speak? Um, I do. Right. But nonetheless, yes, I wish he would be more presidential. And I think some of the things he has said is irresponsible. However, I look at the actions. And in fact, even though he puts out those tweets and those things like that, he has, you know, whether he said it or not, he has accepted Joe Biden as the president. Right. I mean. Otherwise, we would be in a civil war, so to speak. And so I look at that, me, Jack Riggins, and and think that some of the stuff he does is an extension of the political game he's trying to play to whatever, you know, end, right? Like be the president, you know, run in 2024 or whatever. And I guess that's how I see some of the tweets, not just from him, but other people, and that they've brought the political game into things like social media, you know, where it used to be on TV, right? They'd have the expose for an hour and they just put out their talking points. And so I do think that it is harder for every American to distinguish or, or know where exactly does this individual stand? Meaning does Donald Trump truly think that he should be the president of the United States? The answer is he probably does. However, he's not actively trying to overthrow the U.S. government, would be my opinion on the matter. Yeah, well, he still hasn't uh, accepted defeat or admitted that you know he lost the election. And, and I think that that's the concern going forward, and a lot of supporters have believed that. Well, but don't you think that can cost him if he decides to run? Because I do. I think that some of the behavior things could cost him if he chooses to continue a political career in the future by that behavior. Yeah, that's possible. I I just might. The bigger takeaway from this is just the long-term damage to the norms and values, the election integrity. You know, I think I, you know, all of the institutions that he's attacked and, you know, I'm not 
the FBI, the CIA, the Federal Reserve at one point. Well, who hasn't he attacked? I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm, and, and again, I would support him if he was running for president, you know, depending on who the other candidates were. But if it was him or Joe Biden, I would support Donald Trump. And so, you know, to get to that point, though, I mean, you got to go through a primary on the Republican side, right. most likely. It seems like there's going to be, you know, DeSantis and others. And, yeah. you know, you have to think about how is he going to handle that? Is he is he going to, to be a, a graceful loser if he, he doesn't get the most votes in that? I mean, it's I think that's a concern. At some point, some people, particularly on the right, are going to have to stand up in 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 in. You know, well, I think they are, and I think that if there's a competitive field, he has a good chance of some of the things we just discussed kind of coming back to bite him. But at the same time, the values, right, that he has brought forward, a vast majority of conservatives um, agree with and support. Um, And maybe, you know, I, I can't defend actions that a i don't do or or try to say why would somebody do this but what i can say is some of that equivalent stuff that the way you're interpreting it seeing it which is totally fine would be the same way that i interpret when we start talking about you know defunding police and all cops are 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 trying to murder black people right and and using that sentiment that sentiment to get votes or to cause a movement. So see, then that for me causes me to be like, Oh my God, we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater and 200 some years of law and order and, and growth for women and minorities. Do you know what I mean? And so there's what I call an impasse there that, or friction point from which we, the people and our elected officials, we need to work through. Right. Because I do agree with you were at a tenuous position. And I, I do hear that. And I think that there's what I would say is that we could get into the nuances of policy. But what I've been largely focused on is the institutions and, and the norms and the processes. And I mean, if you wanted to go into the weeds on that, I mean, at least as the current president, there is a, a current you know president of the United States Democratic Party leader calling, you know, he's trying to fund the police. Yes, yes. I mean, he did finally come out and say that in the State of the Union. It's a stupid saying to ever say defund the police. And it's just a a horrible phrase. Makes no sense. Um, That's not really what people want, particularly in communities where there happens to be high crime rates. Correct. Um, But it gained a lot of political traction in its time. Oh, sure. I think there's some people who would believe in reallocating budgets for, for more people to be dealing with non-emergency right, right. Uh, situations. But, you know, again, we can get into the weeds on that. I just would categorically say that it's in a different scenario than when we're talking about denigrating institutions that are going to be beyond any one president. Well, you know, yeah, I see what you're saying. Her. I mean, you're fearful of, of the, the institutions and the classic uh, way 100%. we've functioned. And um, I don't know that I have that much fear of that meaning those institutions are still functioning right now right um and um going forward i have confidence they will in the sense of because they always have we're looking at this through our lens you know we'll call it the last 10 years or 30 as we've been adults but america's had a lot of um struggles as you know and 
right. we, we have found a way through, and I think that's one of the great things of our freedom and our people and the diverse nature of our people is um, is we usually, and I want to this time, find a way through because I believe that our institutions work. I believe the setup under the Constitution is decently healthy, but I do feel that personalities and people can really throw some wrenches in it sometime, and I think that's what we're living through. Yeah, I I agree with that, and I I think that they are holding up in part because of us, and I think we just have to continue to make sure that we're promoting the right values and having the right expectations of our leaders. I mean, you've talked a lot about leadership on your show that I've listened to, and we've got to follow through with that. No, there's no doubt about it. And Kevin, hey, you're always welcome to call in. We're getting short on time. Um, Keep following on Twitter. Never be afraid to call me out because that's how we get better and we communicate. But I appreciate it and best of luck to you. Hey, thanks so much. All right, take care. Great call. Probably the best call we've ever had. Never had a caller for an hour. We did the whole hour with Kevin, keeping the commander honest on 1499 3KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL. With Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, finishing up here on July 8th, uh, first-time caller, Frogman Friday. But we had such a great first-time caller in um, Kevin N. You can find him on Twitter if you go to that tweet. Um, I didn't say, Kevin, can I put out your full name? He'd probably be fine with that. But we grew up together, played football together, went to high school together. Uh, he's a political scientist, and he is teaching our youth. And he has a lot of great thoughts. And um, and he has uh, questioned me uh, on some of the way I put out information, and that's fair. And I think sometimes, as we discussed, um, a lot of the things need longer form. Um, Twitter, even Facebook, anything that you put something out um only gives you so much and so i think some of it can be diluted but yeah i take some hard stances on some things and uh because that's what i believe and what i appreciate about kevin is again much like natalie to be honest we we had a conversation and if the show does anything for folks i think what it should show is that we can converse i i think it was clear kevin and i probably see the world a little bit different politically um, but I have no doubt that if Kevin and I were in charge of something, we can solve the problem, right? I have no doubt um, with my relationship with Natalie Weiss that if we are in charge of something, we can solve it, right? And uh, and that's okay. We're just going to come at it from different angles. And so I really appreciate that. I, I enjoy that the most. Um, and so with that, uh, we're not going to get to all the notes I had, but that's okay because it was a great conversation. Have a great weekend. Um, enjoy it. Any GOP, get your stuff together out there in Kearney, <laughs> and let's move forward and, and make America and Nebraska.